The following message is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe can be found at axechurchleander.com. Then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, Today you are witnesses that I have brought from Naomi all of the property of Elamet, Kilin, and Mahalan. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabite, Mahalan's widow, as my wife, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property, so that his name will not disappear from among his family or from his hometown. Today you are witnesses. Then the elders and all the people at the gate said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the family of Israel. May you have standing in Ephratah and be famous in Bethlehem. Through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman, may your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. Well, we've been talking about uh, dysfunctional families for the past couple of weeks. And uh, we started with Abraham, and we went our way into Jacob and into Joseph. And uh, we went through all this kind of crazy drama that was happening with brothers. And there was just a lot of scandal that was happening. And this week, we actually get a chance to pause all of that drama and get into this, like, almost of like a, a hallmark type of uh, story inside of the Bible. We get into the book of Ruth. And uh, yeah, so we're going to get into talking about the book of Ruth. Um, but as we go back and just kind of look at the, the past couple of um, generations beforehand, God had given this promise to Abraham that, that he was going to have a family that was going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky and that they were going to be blessed by God, and then in turn, they were going to be a blessing to the nations. And I, I think that's important for us as we look into every time we look into kind of the genealogy of Abraham leading all the way up to Jesus, talking about this blessing. And so we get into Ruth, who's right in line with the, the genealogy of Abraham into Jesus. We are going to retell the story of the book of Ruth, but I want your guys' help during this time. So you know how like whenever you are uh, like watching a sitcom or like one of those old TV shows, um, they always had those people like in the background that were holding like these like different cards for the audience, like like clap or to laugh or to go aw, or when like a really like crazy thing happens, there's like this gasp and you're like, <gasps> okay, I want you guys to, to help me out during the story, okay? So in the comment section, I want you guys to kind of interact during the story time as I'm retelling it. Um, you can use emojis if you're like on an iPhone. Um, you can use uh, different words if you go aww or gasp or you're laughing like something funny happens. And so you're going to help me kind of retell the story as we go kind of go through the, the emotional roller coaster of, of what's happening in the story of Ruth. All right? You guys ready? Get ready. Get your keyboards out. Get your phone out. All right. Here's how the story goes. So there once was a man named Elimelech. Right? And he was married to this woman named Naomi, and they had two sons. They are currently living at, um, in Bethlehem in Israel, and it was during the time of the judges. Well, all of a sudden, this famine hit, and they had to leave their land and go to another land called Moab. Okay? So they moved their entire family out to Moab, and so they're living there, and life is great, and uh, Naomi's sons get married to these ladies called Ruth and Orpah, not Oprah, Orpah. And so uh, they're married and life is good and they're like this kind of tight little family waiting to get back into Bethlehem. And all of a sudden there's just tragedy that just strikes, right? 
and we see um, Naomi's husband Elimelech, he's died, he's died. And then you see, uh, again, in scripture, it talks about how Naomi's two sons, they die. And so Naomi is left with her two daughters-in-law, right? And so they're trying to figure out what's best, and Naomi's really struggling during this time. And so she talks to uh, her two daughters-in-law and says, hey, I'm going to go back to Bethlehem, and I am going to just kind of live out the rest of my life there because clearly God doesn't like me. Clearly God has been very bitter to me, and, and I'm bitter towards him about the situation that, that's happening. And so she encourages her daughters, you guys just stay, stay in Moab. You guys get married, find another husband, go out, live your life, do whatever. And so she's about to leave, and Orpah decides to stay in Moab, but, but Ruth, she's like, no, I want to I wanna stay with you. I want to go where you go. And, and we get to this very famous uh, verse where it says, wherever you go, I'll go. Wherever you live, I'll live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God, right? And so they have this really emotional moment where the three of them are together, and they're leaving Orpah behind. It's also really hard not to say Oprah, but to leave Orpah behind and to go back into Bethlehem. And so they head back to Bethlehem, just Naomi and Ruth. And Ruth is now an immigrant in this foreign land, right? And so because of that, she has to find a job. So she starts gleaning in these fields. And so she's doing her thing, doing her nine to five job in these fields, and uh, is, happens to stumble upon a field where this guy named Boaz owns this field. So she's working, and she's a hard worker, and, and just working her butt off, just gleaning away. And Boaz shows up, and he, he stops his workers. He's like, hey, who is that girl? And so they start telling this story about Naomi and Ruth and the situation that's happened to them because Bethlehem's a small town. And you know, when it comes to like being in a small community, everybody knows each other's stories. So they're talking and they're, they're conversing. And Boaz then approaches Ruth and is like, hey, like you're a really hard worker. And, you know, I've heard your story and, you know, so thankful that you're, you're caring for Naomi and you're, you're with her as well. But I want you to stay in my field, and, and I'm going to, to watch over you, okay? Don't go to any other owner's field, so I want you to stay with me, and, and my servants will take care of you and, and be with you. And Ruth is feeling really special about that, right? And so, so Ruth goes back, and she goes home from her job, and she's talking to Naomi, and she's like, hey, I came across this, this owner of this field, and his name is Boaz, and uh, he's been really good to me and has cared for me. And Naomi's like, wow, I can't believe you came across Boaz. What a coincidence. Like, Boaz actually seems to be related to my late husband, Elimelech, which means that he is a family redeemer. And a family redeemer at the time was someone that was able to um, take um, over a late relative's property and also marry um, the late relative's wife um, to kind of continue the family line within the family in and of itself. And so Naomi's talking to Ruth and saying, look, you gotta, you gotta be about this. Like, go get dressed, clean up, you're looking dirty. Girl, wash your face get dressed, and uh, you're going to try and uh, schmooze Boaz into uh, making him the family redeemer, right? And you're going to do it right after he's had some food, and he's had some drink in him, and he's feeling good, and he's kind of just chilling out. And so that's exactly what happens, right? So Boaz, you know, eats, drinks, has a good time, and he's just chilling on his couch watching Netflix, and then eventually falls asleep. And in the middle of the night, he wakes up, and he finds Ruth at the foot at his feet. And so he's like, who is that? It's dark. He doesn't know who it is. And Ruth and Boaz start talking. And Ruth tells him that he's a family redeemer. And she asks him to, to take her as his wife and to, to, redeem his, to redeem their family. 
And Boaz is like, wow, that's great. I know that you are a good woman, that you don't chase after other guys, that you've been, that you've been really good, and you've been a hard worker as well. And uh, I, I definitely want to do it. I'm all about that. But there seems to be another family redeemer who's actually closer to Elimelech than me. And so what I'll do the next morning is I'll, I'll wake up, and I'll, I'll go and talk to him, and I'll gather some people around, and we'll try to make it work out. And if he, if he decides to redeem you, that's great. That's awesome. God bless. But if not, then I would be more than happy to take you under my wing. And so that's what he does. He wakes up. He gathers the elders from Bethlehem around and meets this family redeemer. And he's conversing, explains the situation um, about Naomi and about Ruth and, and how they've had to come from Moab here. And they're looking for a family redeemer. And this family redeemer at first seems really excited about it, right? He's, he's like, great, I'm going to have some more property. It's going to be great. And then he mentions... And there's also Ruth that you get to marry as well. And at the kind of very last second, um, this, this other family redeemer decides not to redeem and take Ruth as his wife. And so Boaz um, then establishes a new covenant in, in, as witnesses of people in Bethlehem with the elders. And he's like, this day I'm going to take what, is, what used to be Elimelech's and his sons and also take Ruth as my own. And there is some redemption, and there, there's beauty in it, and Naomi is no longer bitter because the Lord has kind of shown favor to, to her and her family. And, and Ruth and Boaz, they're in love, and they end up having a baby, and it's this sweet little Obed. And then Obed grows up and is the father of Jesse, and then eventually Jesse becomes the father of King David that we see in First and Second Samuel. And, and that's the, sen- the, the end of the, the beautiful story of Ruth and Boaz, right? That's the beauty of the story. So thank you guys for doing all the comments with the emojis in there. Uh, looks like a lot of fun. And uh, I hope I was able to do the story some, some justice. But if you haven't read the story of Ruth, I think it's only three chapters. Definitely want to encourage you guys to take a look in there. Um, obviously, Boaz wasn't watching Netflix. But um, what's important for us is I think there are two points when we get into the story of Ruth. The first off, there is there seems to be a lot less drama than what, what all the other generations had had beforehand right we get this moment and as much as i joke about it being a hallmark movie um it is uh just has a little bit less drama yeah there's tragedy in the beginning but there's also redemption at the end and the second point is this is that um the book of ruth really doesn't use god a lot in the story right it's mentioned a couple times by the characters but god himself is not an actual character within the story within the narrative of ruth and i think there's some intention to why the writer decided to do that and I think it's to show that, that in the ordinary life that we live, even though God doesn't look like a character in the story or in our story, doesn't mean that he's not active and working in your story and redeeming your story, right? That God is still present in, in the everyday ordinary life that we live, that he's still actively setting up uh, Ruth and Boaz to continue the family line leading up to Jesus. So even though we don't always see God specifically in there, doesn't mean that he's not around. And that's the same with us too, that as we live in our ordinary lives, sometimes there are circumstances that, that we get into and there are times where we are, we are really struggling and we don't really know where's God in all of this. And, and, and usually when we look back, we see how all the pieces that God has lined up and, and he's worked his way, he's worked his will into the fabrications of our life and that he's still working for us and he's still providing for us each and every step of the way. That, that as, we, as we breathe in the air that he's given to us, if we're still breathing it in, that means that he's not done with us. 
And that's so important, that God is continually providing for us each and every day with the, with the air that he's given to us, with the family he's given to us, with the people around, with our, with our jobs, our livelihood, our, our shelter, everything that he provides for us. And also what we see is we see Jesus in Ruth. There's this direct parallel that's happening between Ruth and between Jesus, right? So when we look at this family of Ruth, we see this exiled family that leaves the place where, where God's presence is with Israel. And what he's doing, he's, he's inviting this family to come back as, as this family to create this new community, to create this new family of, even with someone like an outsider like Ruth, who wasn't from Israel, right? He's inviting them back in order to establish a new family. And if he's doing that for Ruth, if he's doing that for Boaz, if he's doing that for Naomi, then he's also going to be redeeming our families as well. That, that God continues to, to form and to create new communities of faith within us, that when Jesus looks at us, he doesn't just see the bloodline of our families, but in fact, we are connected by faith through the blood of Jesus. And that means that Jesus has a bigger family than, than what's happening in, in his genealogy as well, right? And he does this by, by going into Matthew 5. When Jesus first starts off in his ministry, he goes to the Sermon on the Mount, and there are crowds that are over him, and he shares this, this amazing news, and he's reestablishing his family. In Matthew 5, I'll read it for us. It's, it's something that we call the Beatitudes. It says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. So already in the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, he's saying, look, this is my family right here. You, you remember what God had said to, to Abraham in the very beginning? He's like, look, you're going to be a blessing. Your family's going to be a blessing, and they're going to be a blessing to the rest of the nations. And Jesus is standing here in front of these crowds of broken people who are, who are searching for something, searching for God. And he's, look, he's saying, look, this is the new family. I'm establishing this new covenant, this new promise with you that, that you guys are blessed and that you guys are going to be a blessing to the rest of the nation. He's like, he keeps saying, he's like, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And he's establishing this new promise that, that as believers in Jesus, that, that we get to be a blessing to other people. And at the same time that he's establishing a new family that we wouldn't even sometimes consider family, right? That when we look at the world around us or we look at other people, sometimes we have a lot of uh, preconceived notions about others, right? Sometimes we judge people by, by the color of their skin. Right? And we've been seeing a lot of the repercussions of that during this time. Or we see people based on their actions or their morals or, or maybe their beliefs. Right, But the, the thing is, is that God gets to choose the family, not us. And that's so important because God has given us this mission to love people the way that he's loved us. And that we are to treat them as family, no matter what their background is, no matter their skin color, their ethnicity, their background, their prior history, that whatever sins or things that they're struggling with in life, whether they're addicts or whatever they're going through, whether they're dealing with family drama, whether they're dealing with depression, that, that we get the opportunity to love them as Jesus loves them, 
right? And Jesus gets to choose the family. He gets to establish the family because it's his family over all of creation, over all of the universe as a whole, right? And so I was, uh, yesterday I was at the pool and uh, it was the first time that it opened up uh, this past week since COVID. And uh, I was like, I gotta I got get some sun. I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna enjoy the sun and enjoy the pool. And uh, it was a great chance for me to get to meet some new neighbors, especially moving here. And so my wife, Chrissy and I, we went out there. And uh, of course we were staying socially distant from, from other people, but we were just observing and watching. And we saw these, um, this group of people that were hanging out in the pool and um, there were a couple of high schoolers and then there were a couple of kids, but they were all playing together and they were just having a really great time. And I ended up talking to, to the parents the high schoolers and, and the kids. And I was just conversing with them, kind of getting to know them a little bit, them getting to know me. And I kind of paused in the middle of the conversation. I'm like, so are, are you guys all family together? And they're like, oh no, like we just met five days ago. And I'm like, wow, like that's crazy. That's so cool that like your kids are able to play together and to grow close together and to, to like when, from my perspective, I was able to see them as family when really they were just neighbors, right? And imagine what the Christian community would look like if we were to treat our neighbors as our family, if we were to love them as our family. There would be a lot of great that would happen in this world, right? And so as we get into uh, thinking about what that looks like for us, uh, the words that Ruth says to Naomi right before they head back to Bethlehem, he says, she says, where you go, I will go. Where, wherever you're going, neighbor, I'm, I'm going to go there with you. I'm going to walk that with you. I'm going to be beside you. Wherever you stay, I stay. You know what? If... If you're hurting, I'm going to sit beside you, and I'm going to stay here for a moment, and I'm going to comfort you, right? For your people will be my people. We're going to be one. We're going to be one community together. And, and our God, the God of our families, the, the God of Jacob, the God of Abraham, the God of Israel, our God, Jesus Christ, will be our God together, and we will worship and love God and love people as well. Amen? I'm going to pray for us, and I'm going to invite Tanner to come forward and play some music. We're going to have a, a time of reflection. We have two reflection questions um, that I want to put onto the screens as we reflect this time, but let's go into a time of prayer. Uh, Father, I thank you so much for this time um, that we get together virtually as, as family in Christ, Lord, that, that we are not just connected by our own blood, but by the blood of Jesus, Lord. And Lord, there is, there's an entire community of people that, that don't yet know you, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that, that you would use us as, as your family, Lord, to, to allow them and invite them into our, to our own homes, to our, to our own lives, to be able to be vulnerable enough, to be able to, to share our lives with each other, um, but most importantly, to share your love that you've given to us, Lord. Lord, it is not our place to, to have judgment, Lord, and, and sometimes that's so hard for us. And uh, Lord, I pray that as we walk through this life, that we would continue to see you in our lives, that, and you would point out those people that, that we can continue to love and to share, um, anyone who comes in our path, that we can continue to grow this family that you call the kingdom of God, this community uh, of, of Christians and believers, Lord. Lord, we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.